0: The number of confirmed COVID cases continues to climb. Taiwan reported another high on Sunday at 16,936 domestic cases, along with three deaths. The vast majority of those infected had mild or no symptoms, with only 42 reporting moderate symptoms and three having severe symptoms. New Taipei City was hardest hit and accounted for 5,810 cases. To cope with the rising case number, the city is now introducing new rules for testing its communities. Sick people and those who have tested positive using rapid tests at home will get priority at hospitals. Let's hear from New Taipei Mayor Hoyo Yi.
1: Over this recent period After we discontinued real name registration and introduced rationing for rapid test kits We like to maintain our hospital's back end capacity while servicing our residents at the same time Both are equally important To ensure that those whose rapid test results came out positive and those with symptoms can receive tests on site Starting May 3rd The city's community testing stations will prioritize those whose rapid test results came out positive and those with symptoms. Of course, other residents who would like to get tested are also welcome, too, as long as they reserve a spot online.
0: Meanwhile, according to Health Minister Chen Shizhong, the weekly positive rate for all people known to have taken the PCR test nationwide was 9.63 percent last week. On the municipal level, New Taipei and Taipei had above-average positive test rates at 21.98 percent and 14.78 percent, respectively. Ever since the government launched a rationing system for rapid test kits four days ago, Many people have been lining up outside pharmacies for them, only to leave empty-handed. It turns out that more than half of the contracted pharmacies have not received deliveries of the test kits. Health Minister Chen Shizhong promised that the government is committed to making enough rapid tests available to the public.
1: A long line spanning several storefronts formed outside the pharmacy. Those waiting in line had come to purchase rapid test kits under the government's recently introduced rationing system.
2: (laughs) I came yesterday to ask when they will be available. They told me at 10am. That's what it says on the notice, but who knows? Better line up and see how it goes. It is a bit of a nuisance. The rationing system should better allocate stock. Otherwise, we'll see more long lines like this.
1: Even though the pharmacy had put up a notice announcing it has yet to receive rapid test kits under this new system, some members of the public still chose to try their luck. Others had not. even seen the notice only lining up because others did (laughs) when it came to their turn they
2: were redirected to other
3: pharmacies
2: (laughs) I waited in line for around half an hour I saw many people lining up so I did this is the tenth pharmacy I've gone to so far each place was out of stock I couldn't buy a test kit in all the places I went to Originally, more than 4,000 pharmacies in Taiwan were expected to offer rationed test kits, but only slightly more than 2,000 pharmacies received their allocated batches yesterday. Today, more than half of National Health Insurance contracted pharmacies could not sell the kits as scheduled. And we're one of them. Of course, if we still don't receive any kits later today, we won't be able to sell them. We apologise to everyone who came here to wait in line so early in the morning. That's uh, There's no need to worry. On Sunday, ration kits were
1: technically open to everyone, with a national health insurance card or resident certificate to purchase. Health Minister Chen Shudong said his team is aiming to increase stock levels so that there will be enough rapid test kits for use at home, which will sustain the country's PCR testing capacities in hospitals. Meanwhile, another long line can be spotted here outside a new Taipei hospital's rapid testing station. To lessen the burden on hospitals like this one, the government is committed to distribute rapid test kits to every resident.
0: All 871 scheduled train trips were canceled on Labor Day, owing to workers refusing to work on a public holiday, an action initiated by the Taiwan Railway Labor Union, which is protesting government plans to corporatize the Taiwan Railway's administration. The transportation ministry took urgent action and added on 12 bus routes, taking the same path as various trains to provide 784 trips nationwide, offering a total of 31,000 seats. In addition, it persuaded 11 train drivers to come out and work to drive a mere 18
2: commuter trains. Unable to catch a train, this elderly passenger with limited mobility was forced to resort to a torrent of criticism directed at the railway union, which is refusing to work overtime shifts over the Labor Day holiday. This has led to the cancellation of altogether 871 scheduled train trips.
1: I read the news but I thought to myself how could this be possible so I came to take a look for myself yes they really are not operating so I'll go and take a bus
4: a
2: train slowly approaches the station the driver responsible for driving this train is one of the very few who went to work on Sunday. This is because the Taiwan Railways Administration, on the eve of the workforce pullout, successfully persuaded 11 drivers to come out and temporarily added on 18 commuter trains and express trains. However, this has caused delays and trains are still insufficient, influencing the public's travel plans. <laughs> Responding to all the cancellations, the Transportation Ministry took urgent action and set up 12 additional bus routes offering 784 trips nationwide, which are expected to provide more than 31,000 seats. At Nanggang Bus Station, many people ended up transferring to buses bound for Hualien. We got a refund on a train ticket from
1: Taipei to Hualien. We were originally slated to take a train this morning, scheduled after 9 a.m., and then we saw that there was a strike, so we transferred to a coach. I can only take this bus to Hualien. This merely amounts to a change in my itinerary. It will take a little longer to get there, but I can't
2: do anything else but this. At 6 in the morning at Hualian Station, there was a train bound for Yuli Station. But only a few people got on board, and the passengers were
4: miserable.
2: This is really the first time that this
1: has happened, and it's very surprising. It feels so inconvenient. I'm very disappointed. At this point, I'm really disillusioned with our railways. Because I have a daily train commute, I can't manage without the train every day. I am very happy to see this bus running. We expect this rail replacement bus service to keep running until tonight. The last bus should arrive at after 1 a.m. We have signs and guides all along the route. Faced
2: with this unprecedented absence of workers, Transportation officials made preparations to ensure smooth operations and minimise the impact on passengers.
0: Let's now head to Taiwan's most expensive garden. But it's not a fancy greenhouse in a botanical garden or the terrace of a seaside villa. No, this little vegetable garden is located in the middle of bustling Kaohsiung. The prime real estate has been made into a community garden where young and old come together to put their hands in the soil and care for the environment. (laughs)
5: Children dance enthusiastically, demonstrating the energy and zest of spring fields. This new urban garden in Kaohsiung is run by volunteers who show the kids how to plant vegetables in the soil. Oh, yeah. oh. This spot in Xingguang borough of Zhuoying district was disused and overgrown with weeds for years. Finally, the local borough chief persuaded the landowner to remodel it and give the place a makeover. These little budding gardeners come from the preschool over the road.
4: It was often a thicket of weeds here, which created some mess and a bit of chaos. My wish was for local elders to have access to really healthy vegetables. From now on, the care of the garden will be down to volunteers from Xinguang and the Community Development Association. We're working with the borough chief we will have environmental maintenance events where young and old can learn together. As we protect the environment, we can also promote environmental education and put down good roots. The
5: urban farm is not far from Kaohsiung Arena shopping district. The land is worth millions, but its owner says most precious is getting the community together to protect the earth and beautify the shared environment. The vegetables grown will be given to older adults in the neighborhood, especially those who live alone.
0: The scenic Southern Cross Island Highway linking Tainan to Taidong officially opened on Sunday after being closed off for 13 years due to damage by Typhoon Morakot in 2009. Cars began lining up as early as 5 p.m. on Saturday at the western entrance. When it officially opened up the following morning at 7 o'clock, The line had reached three kilometers long. By 10 a.m., 4,000 vehicles were streaming along the highway in both directions. Local gas stations saw long lines and restaurants and snack bars along the highway were packed. Local indigenous people roasted wild boars as they prepared to welcome tourists. A new space race has gripped the world with many nations pursuing advanced satellite networks. In May of last year, Taiwan passed a first-of-its-kind bill to drive growth in the space industry. What's Taiwan doing in space and does it have a future in the industry? We find out in our Sunday special report today.
2: October 4, 1957. While the Americans were still finalizing their plans, Sputnik was launched.
4: In 1957, the Soviet Union kicked off the space age with the launch of the world's first artificial satellite. Since then, more than 3,000 satellites have been launched into orbit. Here on Earth, we have become dependent on satellites for many services, including GPS navigation, film tracking, meteorological observation, and television broadcasting. In the past, It cost billions of dollars to manufacture a single satellite. Launching the satellite on a carrier rocket would further rack up the bill. The cost of launching a 300 kilogram satellite started at 900 million NT.
3: Space technology used to be a very expensive industry, and most firms were supported by the government. Satellites seemed like a nearly unreachable goal, but that's been changing in recent years. The first factor behind this change is the miniaturization of technology. There's been progress in the miniaturization of satellite technology. The second is the reutilization of launch vehicles. As we all know, SpaceX is developing reusable launch systems.
4: SpaceX is the largest commercial satellite operator in the world. The firm is developing a reusable orbital launch vehicle to cut the manufacturing cost for single-use carrier rockets. With satellite manufacturing and launching getting cheaper each year, new possibilities are springing up in the space tech sector. Companies and countries around the world all want a piece of the pie, particularly when it comes to low-Earth orbit satellites. There are many types of satellites, which perform different functions at varying orbit altitudes. Generally speaking, there are three types of orbits – low-Earth orbits, medium-Earth orbits, In geosynchronous orbits, low-Earth orbits are those at an altitude below 2,000 kilometers, and they're mainly used for
3: telecommunications. There are several advantages to positioning a satellite at a low altitude to communicate with Earth. Firstly, it doesn't require as much power to launch them. Secondly, they are very close to Earth, so the delay in transmission is very low. The downside of low-Earth satellites is that they are not like geosynchronous satellites, which stay on top of you all the time. Instead, you need to have thousands of them in orbit to have a connection at all times.
4: In 2015, SpaceX announced Starlink, an ambitious plan to build and operate a constellation of about 12,000 low-Earth-orbit satellites by 2024. The company says the dense network of satellites can offer satellite connectivity to every part of Earth making it a key step towards 6G networks. In Taiwan, transmission towers are used to deliver data domestically across 4G and 5G networks. But if a Taiwan user connects to the internet outside Taiwan, all the data has to be transmitted via submarine communication cables. Currently, the whole world's internet is connected by underwater fiber optic cables. But low Earth orbit satellites could soon be a viable option for global telecommunications.
0: With this technology, transmission would not be restricted to one plane. You'd be able to connect upward as well with satellites that link up to each other. The satellites move very fast at about 500 or 600 kilometers per hour or about 7 kilometers per second. That's like traveling from Shinju to Taipei in just 10 seconds. So data can be delivered very fast
4: switching from transmission towers on Earth to satellites in space. It's an exciting proposition that could turn our two-dimensional telecommunications network into a three-dimensional network, closing all gaps in coverage.
5: Before, if you were up in the mountains, you may not have had a connection. Maybe there wasn't a transmission tower nearby the network may have had gaps. But if you had tens of thousands of satellites above you, you could be here at the National Space Organization or on the Himalayas and still have a direct connection.
4: In a future powered by the Internet of Things, we might rely on self-driving cars and airplanes, which will need a low-Earth satellite connection at all times. According to U.S. financial services company Morgan Stanley, the global space industry could surpass 28 trillion NT in revenue by 2040. In 2021, President Tsai Ing-wen said that Taiwan should secure a strategic position in the sector. At present, countries around the world are proactively making efforts to establish themselves in space. And in the coming 10 years, we expect to see the launch of tens of thousands of low-Earth-orbit satellites. It is time that we start proactively working on our space program. Located in Shinju Science Park, Taiwan's National Space Organization has been in operation for 30 years. It's the only agency in Taiwan specializing in space tech. Taiwan launched its first satellite in 1999. Three, two, one. In 2017, the National Space Organization launched its first domestically developed satellite, the formosat 5 from a site in the U.S.
3: The formosat 5 is an optical remote sensing satellite. It produces satellite images. These images can be used for land development or during natural disasters. Of course, they can also be used for national security purposes.
4: In 2019, Taiwan's Formosat 7 satellite was launched into space in a collaborative venture with the U.S.
5: This satellite has made huge contributions to Taiwan. It's improved our typhoon and meteorological predictions by 6 percent to 8 percent. That's considerable accuracy in the meteorology sector.
4: FormaSat-5 and FormaSat-7 are testament to the prowess of Taiwan's space capabilities. Since 2021, the National Space Organization has made a big push in low-Earth orbit satellites. In collaboration with the Industrial Technology Research Institute, it's developing a low-Earth orbit telecommunications network called Beyond 5G. The first satellites could be launched as early as 2025.
0: Taiwan
5: may develop a few dozen or a few hundred satellites to create a public network that the government and private firms can use. It would be especially useful for the Internet of Things and fishing vessels, among other applications.
4: The National Space Organization hopes to develop a public telecommunications network of its own using low-Earth orbit satellites. Such a network would help Taiwan avoid what happened to Ukraine, which lost its internet when Russia attacked.
5: Currently, our internet runs through submarine cables, which can be damaged easily. If they broke, how else could we communicate with other countries? We need satellites. And not just one satellite, but a bunch of them. With a bunch of them, there is nothing to be afraid of. Using an intercontinental missile to take down one satellite would cost 1 billion t. At such a cost per satellite, it's just not worth it for the attacker.
4: In May 2021, the Legislative Yuan passed Taiwan's first law for the space industry, called the Space Development Act.
3: The Space Development Act opens by saying that peace is the goal for our activities in space. Taiwan is developing this sector so that we can provide services to the whole world and do business together.
4: The act states that the relevant agencies will establish a national launch center, that is, a base for launching rockets. In April 2015, National Yangming Jiao Tong University's Advanced Rocket Research Center launched a small rocket from Shenzhou's Xiangshan wetlands. Although Taiwan doesn't yet have a rocket that can push satellites in orbit, several research institutes have launched sounding rockets with success.
3: Rockets that can carry satellites are very distinct. They tend to be quite large because they have to fly high and go into orbit. The controls are not quite the same. Sounding rockets have fins for stability during the flight, and the technology-related costs are lower. They're kind of like fireworks.
4: The Ministry of Science and Technology has established a small launch site in Makaran, a village in Pingdong's Mudan Township. The ministry hopes to one day expand the venue into a world-class launch site. With so many contenders in the modern-day space race, experts say Taiwan should move off the beaten path.
5: Regarding the issue of low-Earth orbit satellites, there is already a lot of buzz surrounding Starlink, which is operated by a dominant company. So I don't think that Taiwan should take the route of launching low-Earth orbit satellites of its own. Manufacturing our own telecommunications satellites network is something that requires industry competitiveness. So, I think we should turn our sights to areas where infrastructure is still lacking.
0: We don't have to think of it as competing against Starlink. It's more about running a program that creates momentum in Taiwan's space industry, helping it to enter new fields.
4: But already, SpaceX's satellite project wouldn't be possible without Taiwan. Peek inside their satellites, and you'll find plenty of parts made by Taiwanese firms. Today, Taiwan is a key supplier for SpaceX, and it has the potential to make systems of its own to cement its position in the global supply chain. The nation's tech talent is ready for takeoff to make sure Taiwan doesn't miss out as mankind expands into space.